It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello, everyone. It's time for episode 210 of the Three Point Podcast. We've got the entire country covered here today. Matt on the left from North Carolina, Jared on the right from Michigan, and I'm in beautiful California. What can I say? On spring break. Still dedicated to this podcast, though, fellas. You know, it's all about the team, right? The team, the team, the team. I was going to say, you've been, you're even rocking a Cal Poly hat. Amen. If you're going all in. <laughs> And you got the sunshine behind you. What you said, the oceans right behind you. So oceans like right behind me. You probably can't see it, but uh, no. it, it, we're having a great time. I'll tell you more about that as we go along. But I want to thank our partners who are on board as always: Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, and exciting news: a brand new partner on board. We're really, really excited to have Memorial Healthcare joining us for this podcast. If you don't know. They've invested a ton of money into the Owasso, Shiawassee County area, a new $40 million, 104,000 square foot neurology, orthopedic and rehabilitation center, and a whole lot more. If you haven't been up to the campus at Memorial recently, it's it's amazing. And the people up there really, really do give you good care. Yeah, it, I, I think I have the eye of like a former landscaper. So that's the first thing I always go by. But uh, <laughs> you're right on that campus, man. It's awesome. Uh, they're building a brand new building. It looks freaking sweet. And like you said, I mean, it really is a staple of Owasso. And I know we all know a ton of people that have been treated there before. And yeah, it's cool to have them on board. Absolutely. Yeah, I was wondering, so- obviously, it, we love new partners. So awesome to have them on board. You know, we, we appreciate them supporting us and everything. So that, that's first and foremost. But I did wonder when when they hopped on and, you know, Ted, you were talking about maybe making a pitch to them. Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, you're you're getting up there a little bit in age. Are you kind of seeing something like maybe they'll they'll, they'll start hooking you up a little bit? Maybe a trade out for some services. I've been known to barter a few things before. You never know. I'll tell you yeah. what, though, I, w- I was really excited. You boys saw it. The, the email I got from Vicki McKay there, and uh, they're excited to be on board with us, us, which really is also special. You know, it makes makes you know that we must be doing something right out there. Right. Now, so I, we'll... I, I don't know if you guys know, because I obviously I'm not I don't keep up with the day to day, everything that's going on in Owasso anymore. But, you know, still family and friends in the area. So I know a little bit. And obviously with you guys, is it hasn't it been in the works for a long time for them to. Um, weren't they going to build like a basically a new gym and but it was going to be oh, yeah. like for rehab but also open to the community wasn't 100. over by the high school wasn't that a thing uh, i can't remember if it's going to be by the high school i know at one time they had a rehab area over by where the wrought iron grill is and and since they're new on board i didn't really have a chance to get into all the details on some of the things some of the messages they want us to have out there but uh yeah they do have this new fitness rehab center that is going to be i guess state of the art just like everything else they have going i should you know from personal experience with them dealing with my mother at the oncology unit i mean it's just great care up at memorial that's all we can say and we're glad they're on board that's also where i was born uh, were you I guys was born, born there 
Uh, to be honest, I don't know if to, I don't know. I probably should know. I think I was born in Flint for some reason. But uh, where are you? Yeah, I, I was born in Memorial. Turned out a little bit smarter if I was been born in Owasso, that's for sure. <laughs> the people uh, in my age group will, will understand this. I was bo- born in the old part of Memorial before they started doing any additions. But, but uh, you kind of buried the lead uh, this week, man. Well, how is California? One thing that is sort of hilarious: how is it that you're on vacation uh, on the West Coast and I'm here back here in Michigan? I'm wearing much clothes <laughs> than you are. You're wearing layers. <laughs> out there or what? I, I don't know. I've I think I've earned it. It's been, but let's let's set the stage for maybe listeners that haven't been following our story or what we're up to. My 91 year old dad, he has a sister that lives out in uh, the LA area, and he has been wanting to come out here on a trip. I actually was originally going to take him myself, but well, once word spread through our family, um, you know, all the siblings, all his children. We've all decided to make a trip in spring break this year, come to California, see his sister. She's looking forward to seeing us. Also, I have a niece. My brother George's daughter lives in the little north of L.A. That's where we're at right now. So we've had a chance to do some family time. We've done some sightseeing, some mountain climbing, hiking, as you call it, Jared. And uh, it's just been it's been a blast. I can't, you know. I can't wait to recap the whole story, uh, you know, with uh, the photo album for Jared. Matt, we won't bother you with it, but uh, we're just having a great time, you know. And, and think about, you know, traveling with a, a 91-year-old guy. I mean, old Bud, he has hung in there and has not missed a beat, you know. I don't even think he's taken a nap yet, and we're on two and a half days in. That's a long flight, too. I've done the – I never did it from Michigan, but I did it from Connecticut to mm-hmm. L.A. a couple times, and I think it was like – I think it was a six and a half hour flight from Connecticut. So was it direct from Detroit? I assume you guys flew out of Detroit. Yeah, direct from G- Detroit. And Jared, I know you had a concern, which kind of raised a concern for me. And we should have upgraded him to first class, but he had just enough leg room, never got up once on the flight. So it's all good. You didn't end up, do- you didn't end up doing the, uh, you didn't even end up getting first class. No, we, well, no, it was, it was a hair more than 50 bucks. <laughs> wow, I, I guess it worked out. I guess uh, yeah. good on you. Yeah. Uh, so what have you done yet? Have you what's uh, nothing really so far? Something no, like- no, we've, we we <laughs> we've we've toured some of the area here. We're at Grover Beach, California. I don't know if you know that, but we're probably uh, three and a half hours north of LA, right on the coast. As I mentioned, the the ocean's right over there, and there's there's all kinds of mountains that were formed by volcanoes back in the day. We've been doing a lot of driving around, looking at the sites. Uh, uh, my niece and her husband and their their young son, Isaac, we went and had a nice family day at their house yesterday. They live in a very cool house, you know, with a lot of, uh, how do what I describe it, barn beams in the house. You know, it's that style. Oh, right. So we had a nice time there. I had a great cookout. And uh, we've just been kind of chilling here. Tomorrow really is when the hard work starts, when we get to, L.A., Hollywood, all that stuff, you know, where the Oscars took place. You know we're going to talk about that yeah, as we man. go along. But before we jump into the show, I just want to get this out of the way right now. You boys will appreciate this. I want to say, say hi to Craig Numerick's aunt, Bev Gangler. I've been meaning to mention her name the last three or four episodes. She's a top-notch loyal listener, so we're going to send her a shout-out here in Three Point Pod well, this Craig afternoon. Too. Craig. And Craig for sure. Craig's been on the pod and, you know, he's one of our biggest supporters and I always love hearing his feedback um, that he offers after he listens. So yeah, that's cool. I I love giving shout outs when we can. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to get into some more and get a little more catch up, talk a little bit about the Oscars. We have some big Detroit news we're going to get into, but before we do all that, let's take a short pause. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. So Jared already said, I mean, bottoms up, Ted. You're on on vacation. Go ahead and enjoy that uh, but jared already said you buried the lead but i guess the second buried the lead is uh, you know we had johnny fatel on jared's brother head coach of freeland basketball a couple weeks ago and they were making a run in the mhsaa basketball playoffs and all of a sudden you guys figured out that if they made it to the state <laughs> finals it might interfere with your guys's flights out west and obviously we know now that they did end up losing in the semis so 
was a little bit bittersweet for Jared's dad. Like, obviously, he would have loved to miss that flight if it meant Johnny was in the state championship game, but then didn't mess with the flights, you know? So how, how did that go? He ended up switching it anyway. Oh, really? Right? Oh, okay. So it ended up being a lose-lose situation. I don't know. I think he just got out there, uh, I think, a day later than everybody else did. But, no, you know, it wasn't uh, Freeland ended up losing to the eventual state champion, Williamson. And what an impressive team it was. Uh, and what an impressive division. Uh, division two, I think, was all around the best division uh, in the entire state this whole year. I think both those teams that made it to the state championship game, uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central and Williamson, would have probably won Division One as well. Uh, they were just loaded, uh, and it ended up being a great uh, weekend capper on Saturday night when they went to overtime. Uh, and Williamson ended up pulling it out, but Freeland, it was awesome to see them there. You know, it's it's I've never really experienced a like tournament run like that with any sort of team that I've had any sort of connection to, honestly. Uh, and it's kind of weird when the moment came and it went by in the blink of an eye and, and, and it was, it sucked because the game was sort of, it wasn't over. I mean, they cut it all the way back to 12 uh, heading into the fourth quarter, but I think we all kind of knew heading into the second half that it was going to take a Herculean effort to come back and win the game, but they have no reason to hang their heads. I mean, listen, it, it, it means a lot more in my opinion to make it to the Breslin center or quote unquote semis in basketball than it does in football because we see it every all the time at football. I mean, the fact that there's the eight divisions, a lot of teams get there just because of routes or teams aren't as good, uh, and the divisions are so weak that a lot of teams, I feel like, make it that far. They don't really deserve it. But when it's basketball and you're 25-0 and 0 and you run up against just, you know, a juggernaut like Williamson was and maybe you don't play your best game, but at the end of the day, you made up that far, you have nothing really to hang your head about. So I think it was a great run, and it was really cool just to see them uh, play on that court. I mean – my whole life, you know, our brothers, we went up, we grew up and went to those, um, went to that Friday uh, list of the games. Every single year we would go to those Class B and Class A games. Uh, and it still hasn't really hit me that he was kind of coaching in it. Uh, I wish Not I could like, transfer he was my coaching kids, in though, <laughs> to uh, um, forward in time and, like, experience it as a kid because I used to think that it was, like, you know, professional athletes were the only type of people that ever made it that far. So, it, but, it, but all in all, it was awesome uh, just, just to see it. Yeah, kind of to clarify one thing before I talk about the game a bit. Your dad actually did switch his flight to Sunday, but after they lost, and I, I got to send a big shout out to Delta Airlines, he was able to really easily switch it back to the Saturday morning wow. flight. So needless to say, nobody got any sleep on the way to California. I, and I'll be honest with you guys, jet lag kind of is hitting me today. So if, if I say something really stupid, go ahead and make fun of me, but that's my excuse. Now back <laughs> to the game. Uh, Freeland, you know, absolutely. 25-0 and 0 going into it, going to the Breslin Center. I think you asked me about the difference between Breslin and Chrysler for the state finals. I was thinking about that when I went in there, and I think, hands down, the Breslin Center has to be the spot for the state championship, just for many reasons. It's a great arena still. Uh, right in the middle of the state, you know, they really have a good setup, good organization there. It was excellent. Now, they just happened to run into a team that has, you know, three Division One college basketball players. And Freeland has good talent, too, but they would have had to play, and I, Jared, maybe you can back me up on this, they would have had to play pretty much a flawless game to win that game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, Hunter, I think they, I mean, they're known for the three-point shooting. Uh, they didn't shoot the ball well, and, and you could expect that, I mean, a lot bigger court, you know, different sight lines, uh, definitely going to have some nerves. Uh, so it, it maybe was a little bit of a long shot to expect them to just shoot the lights out, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty much what they had to have had done, I think, to to really play them tough. And I think I think that that matchup could have played out a little bit differently as well. If let's say it was a Tuesday night in December, you know, smaller gym, uh, maybe not as hyped up. I mean, we right. think, Matt, Matt, you probably can speak to this better than any of us can. Do you feel like with all the stuff, uh, sort of leading up to the Breslin run that you almost like kind of hyped yourself up a little bit too much uh, and it sort of shocked you guys when you got there. I mean, it was sort of a similar, similar situation your senior year where just ran up against a buzzsaw and like Ted said, basically would have had to have played a really, really, really almost flawless game to, to win. I was going to say, I mean, when we were talking to Johnny a couple of weeks ago, I just everything he described about their run, I think I said it in the interview, how it felt like he was just describing our run my senior year to Breslin small community the community support you know like guys that played together their whole lives all that stuff and then you describing that game I was like I was like it feels like this is like deja vu or something you're like telling me 
my experience, like how like all of a sudden it just comes to an end. Like it feels like it's never going to end because you're just playing yeah. for so long. Then all of a sudden, boom, it's done. Ran up against the team that beat us, had three or four D1 athletes too. So kind of a similar thing. Um, no, I don't know. Like it was, it wasn't necessarily a shock because we had been talking about it all year. I mean, your dad, we, we talked about it really since our junior year that like this team, our, our core was made to go to the Breslin. So we, we just expected that we were going to be there all year. And we did, uh, I don't know if you guys continued it or, or if Kyle did when you played or any, anyone else. I don't know if Johnny does, but we did a ton of, uh, um, we would sit and like visualize things. We would sit like your dad would turn the lights off in the gym or we'd go in the locker room, turn the lights off. And he would, we would visualize things. And he would always talk about visualize yourself playing at Breslin. And we talked about it all the time. Our, like we had a couple models. One of them was no sleep till Breslin. Like literally all we talked about all year for like two years was we're going to be playing at the Breslin Center. So when we got there, yeah, it was cool because we're playing where, you know, Michigan State Spartans play. But it was kind of like, yeah, we're supposed to be here. All right, let's go. Let's go get warmed up and play. And we played against a team that was probably like Williamston was this year. So, um, no, it wasn't necessarily a shock. The whole sight lines thing, I do remember I had never played in a gym like that. We played in, you know, some bigger arenas or, or courts or whatever, but nothing, you know, like Breslin. It was weird. Like mm -hmm. going to the first couple shots, it was like, what's happening? This looks really <laughs> strange. So that part and, um, you know, there were some nerves and stuff, but it, it's definitely cool. I mean, that's something those kids are going to remember the rest of their lives. Johnny's going to remember the rest of his life. You, you're going to. You know, that's it, definitely like a really cool story and everything. Even though, you know, I want to throw this in there too, Matt, because, you know, after it's all said and done, I mean, here's Freeland 25 and oh, they suffer their first loss of the season at the Breslin. It's very, you know, it's disappointing afterwards in the locker room. I'm not sure what Coach John Jr. there had to say to the team, but I know talking with uh, his dad, John, on this trip, you know, he said, really, when you look back on it and, and you brought your team together after that loss and maybe say something like, you know, Guys, you know, coming into this, and this is going to maybe sound a little cliche, but it's probably true. Going into the season, you know, would you be happy if, uh, you know, we had a 25-0 and 0 run and make it to the Breslin Center? And I think for every kid at the beginning of the season would say, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it would be another thing if the one thing that kind of stinks is the team that we lost to. Yeah. We definitely could have beat the team that they beat in the state championship. We definitely would have beat them. So it was mm -hmm. kind of like, man, if, you know, the matchups could have been a little different, you know, maybe it would have worked out. But no, I mean, we knew the same thing you said. We would have had to play a perfect game to beat that team. And, you know, the memories that are made along the way and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you don't you don't take that away. Well, by the way, congratulations to Williamston also. I think it's their first state championship, maybe only the second one in school history. I think uh, I think I saw in the program uh, all the way back to 1930, they won a lower 19, Yeah, 1940. So this 1940. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's cool to see Williams. I mean, Tom Lewis does a great job coaching them. Um, I, what, I will agree, Ted, that with what you said about the presentation, the Breslin Center. Uh, I haven't been uh, back to the Breslin for this event since I was maybe, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And I was reminded this weekend how awesome it really is. Being there for both uh, Friday and Saturday, it's just, it's perfectly rammed. It's a well-oiled machine. Uh, I love everything they do. I love the break in between the first uh, two games and the second two games. I really do think that, like you said, blows Chrysler out of the water. I don't know what it was like way back then, but honestly, I don't know how it could be a better presentation. You know, before we move on to other important stuff. Uh, I know you were working it, Jared, you're running all over the place. You were manning the camera for the, the Freeland game. Uh, what were some of the things that stood out to you covering it for Bally sports Detroit? Uh, in, like in, in what sense, in terms of the TV sense or in terms of like just the, the actual team, Now the TV sense, any, any little tidbits, maybe behind the scenes that maybe people aren't aware of. I just think um, I, I wish people could see how much like care is put into these like state finals games, man. We we, we talked about it before with the high school state finals where it's you can tell that there's like they really give a shit about it. And I can personally attest, man, it's 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 the same, probably more preparation than goes into your everyday NBA or NHL or baseball broadcast. It, it's awesome. Uh, and I think that our team just does a good job. Uh, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. I mean, I think we did we did a great job the whole weekend of you know, providing a lot of great insight. And I, I, I personally think that our play-by-play, -play, uh, Johnny Kane, Greg Kelser, I mean, that's the Pistons broadcast crew right now. And then Evan Stockton and Devin Gardner, I thought they did a great job calling games all weekend as well. So, 
no, it's just a great event. And I think that it was a success uh, both for Bally and for just high school MHSA sports in general too. It is top notch. And it, it's probably the same amount of effort, but you almost do think that they might put a little more effort into kind of what you're saying, because yeah, like, you know, regular, the game 52 of the Pistons regular season. Yeah. They're, they're given a hundred percent effort, but it's game 52 of a, right. a terrible season. Let's just get through it. These are the state championships. So like, there's a lot of eyes on this and like the, this is going to live forever, you know, type of thing. Like people are going to watch this stuff forever who, you know, watch Williamston or follow Freeland or whatever. So yeah, like you do put a little more effort into it because of all the new eyes that are on it. So it would be a cool thing to be involved in. It, it is, it's really cool that you're, you know, a part of it all. Yeah. And on top of that, I think maybe what goes unnoticed, but I, you both can attest to, to this, I believe, you know, when you're following a pro franchise or even college, you kind of, by the end of the season, know the players involved. So there is research involved, but you already have a feel. For for a high school state championship game, you may follow your own local team, but the people that do the research that put the notes in front of the broadcasters are talking to your ear, and it comes across the air you know, like they know this, it really adds a special touch, and it's a little bit more difficult, I think, than the pro in college. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to take another short break, and we're going to talk. Should we talk about uh, what's going on in Detroit, or do we want to talk about uh, entertainment? Which one we want to do next? I think what we do is we we talk Final Four, and then uh, save the best for last, in my opinion. Yeah, sounds good. Well, we'll be right back, talk a little college basketball and Final Four right after this. The Wash of Owasso is excited to welcome you to their new and state-of-the-art full-service laundromat. Conveniently located at 809 West Main Street in historic West Town, Owasso. They're open 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for the coin laundry, or you can drop off your laundry for wash and fold service Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Too busy to stop in? No problem, as the Wash of Owasso will pick up your laundry right at your door and will deliver it back to you the next day. Go online to thewashofowasso.com. That's the Wash of Owasso. To view pricing or call 989-472-3322 and schedule your pickup as a special three-point podcast bonus. Enter code 3PP, that's the number three and two Ps, at checkout for 10% off your first order. The three-point podcast team welcomes the wash of Owasso to our team. I'll be the first to say it. Uh, This was maybe the worst weekend of college basketball. And, and, And I say that in like a, it's still awesome right compared to your normal college basketball weekend but in terms of the other possible weekends we've seen from march madness in the past or even the first weekend last weekend it was kind of a dud i mean every elite elite a game was a blowout um the teams weren't great that's the thing that sucks when you have all these upsets in the early rounds it it makes some of these uh elite eight sweet 16 matchups not that great i mean we saw michigan get their butt whooped it just it, it, it just, I wish we had another uh, opening weekend type of level of excitement and we just didn't get it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a great final four setup. I mean, four blue bloods. I mean, what more can you want? Uh, get your popcorn ready. I think Kansas and Villanova is getting way underappreciated uh, for this uh, Duke North Carolina game, but we'll get into that in a second. I mean, what did you guys think of this weekend in general? Well, I'll just jump in real quick because obviously I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it. So I'm really happy that you said it wasn't that exciting and I didn't miss a whole lot. And following it on social media, it didn't seem like I did. You know, I think I posted something to, in response to something you posted on Twitter was really the only thing that I had left to root for was St. Peter's, you know, and then yeah. they got kind of pounded and ran their course. But they, you got to give them a lot of credit for making it as far as they did. But, yeah, uh, it's hard to beat the first weekend in the tournament. It doesn't matter what year. It's always pretty much the same way. Yeah, the upsets are cool in the first weekend, and it is funny talking about St. Peter's. Their head coach, uh, Shaheen yeah. Holloway, he's already a, he's already signed a deal to be Seton Hall's head coach. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Literally, it was like minutes after they lost, it was like announced that he intends to. I don't know if it's official, official, but like he intends to. But uh, so it's always cool to see stuff like that. But like you said, Jared, those upsets while they're cool in the first round and they're fun they do usually then set up like matchups that are like David versus Goliath type things. I mean, St. Peter's was just overmatched um, versus UNC and you know, that just happens or whatever, but 
um, you know, the upsets are still fun. As far as Michigan, you know, we haven't we haven't been on or had a pod since Michigan lost. It sucks because <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. Like watching the game, Villanova didn't play all that good either. And they just happened to hit like the shots when they needed to. And Michigan couldn't like they missed. I forget the stats. We could look it up. They they missed How many so layups? many layups. So many layups. They shot something. It was something crazy like 10 of 27 in the paint or something ridiculous. Hunter Dickinson was miss, missing layups. Caleb Houston was missing layups. Eli Brooks couldn't really get it going a whole lot. He did start hitting a few shots in the second half, but it was just Diabate was, that might've been his worst game all season. Just looked like he had Butterfingers whole game. So, I mean, Villanova probably is, or, you know, whatever it was the better team. So that's fine. It just felt like, man, if, if Michigan would have played better, like they did in the first weekend, they probably would have moved on. So, you know, it is what it is. Sweet 16 was cool. But, um, you know, I like like you said, Jared, obviously, especially down here in North Carolina, everyone's already talking about taking off work. Like the whole city, the whole state's going to be shut down for Duke Carolina in the final four. But that other game is great, too. Kansas Villanova, that should be a great game, too. And, you know, people are talking about like I've seen people say like, Oh, NCAA tournament. It's always supposed to be about parody and look at the four teams in the final four, but it's like, yeah, but these four teams haven't been in the final four in a little while. Like, you know, yes, they are blue bloods, but every year the final four is different. It's not like it's college football where it's always Alabama, Georgia, you know, it's not like that. So sometimes it is cool to see Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. You want to see these teams. Cause yeah, yeah like, no, what, and, and what's cool about it is yeah, you have these blue buds, but in a sense, some a lot of most of them are underdogs. I mean, only one right. seat, one one seed in the final four. Can we just talk about this uh, magical uh, Coach K Duke run? I mean, I'm not the biggest Coach K guy, but how do you not like look at this season and just think, man, what a magical like farewell tour? Uh, he's it's a perfect lose or a win-win situation if you're Duke one. They made the final four. So if you lose at this stage, I think it's like still like, hey, we made the final four. You know, so be it. Yeah, it's going to suck that they lost to North Carolina, their rival, both in Coach K's last home game and um, in the final four. But at the end of the day, not that big of a deal. I think if they lo- win this game huge in the championship, I think that's the only way that it still has like a disappointing uh, taste on the end of it. So I just think that this this game in particular is a win-win for Duke. But what a great team. I mean, Bancaro is slowly, like, climbing my draft boards for the Pistons. I think he's all the way up to number two, in my eyes, behind uh, Jabari Smith from Auburn. But, yeah. man, what a run. I just – Coach K, take a bow. Ted, you got to be absolutely just loving this, I'm sure. Yeah. I will say quick, Ted, before you jump in, I get what you're saying, Jared. Like, it is almost – you know, this is just a magical run. If they lose Coach K's last two games to Carolina, one being his last game at Cameron Indoor and the la- the other one – being in the final four, just knowing a little bit from living down here and working with people who are lifelong uh, Carolina, North Carolina fans, it would be a big deal. It, did you see him at Cameron Indoor when he lost, when he went to do a speech? Before they even went to the whole presentation, he was like, this is not acceptable. Not acceptable. This is not acceptable. So it would be a big deal if they lose this game. Well, here's how I look at it. Now, I'm probably going to be criticized for being mean, but – I'm looking for one of the two teams to beat Duke. I'm not looking for him to go out on top. And I like, I think I, I really respect what Coach K has done, but I've always tried for the underdog, you know, and they've been on top for so long. Would it be a great story of all time if they win it all? I, I wouldn't begrudge him if he does, but I'd be curious how you guys feel. Cause, and I got, we got fans of this podcast. Carolyn, for example, I got a son in law who's a Dukie, but. It wouldn't bother me a bit to see North Carolina beat them in the Final Four. And I got one question. Since, to me, and I don't have any knowledge of it at all because I've been out of the loop, is that going to be the nightcap Saturday night or is that going to be the first game? Do we know? I put you on the spot. The thing that sucks about doing these uh, like video links is I, I, there's no way for me to search anything. So I I'm, got you. I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry. Here. I don't mean to put okay. you on the spot there. You know. I'm like back in the Stone <laughs> nope. Age, back when like you were a kid. I would well, guess it, it would be the nightcap. Is what my guess. Uh, yep, it's it the nightcap. Vill- Villanova, Kansas at six, and then Duke, Carolina. Right okay. now, eight eight forty nine. But you know, after now, after are you going to go down to California for that? Uh, no, no, I'll be home. I'll be home. So uh, I'll be glued to the TV. But no, you know, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. You know, I'll just throw it out there. I mean, are you pulling for Duke to win it all in Coach K's last game? Or are you looking for him to get beat? 
I'm pulling for Duke for two reasons. One, I did pick them to win in my <laughs> bracket. So I'm I'm already well out of it, but at least mm-hmm. I'd be able to say, hey, at least I picked Duke. Uh, the second thing, I'm a little bit of a contrarian sometimes. I think you guys have probably picked up on that. And I'm kind of with you, Jared. I'm, I'm not like a Coach K hater. I'm also not like a big Coach K fan. I think he's obviously one of the best ever. I yep. love what he's done with the Olympics. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I love him as the Olympic coach. But what's made me want him to win more in Duke is seeing all the people hate this run. So many people are like, oh, my God, this farewell tour. ESPN's blowing. And it's not being a company man. But, you know, like, <laughs> blowing it out of proportion. And, uh, Coach K, blah, blah, blah. And I can't stand Duke. It's making me more be like, I want, P- I want Duke to win just to piss people off more. Because, like, he's one of the best cover. I mean, there, maybe the farewell tour is a little too much. But just wait for when Tom Izzo retires. It's going to be the same thing when Izzo retires. You know, I mean, maybe not to this level. But uh, I don't know. So, yeah, those are the two reasons. Okay. My yeah, bracket sure. and, to, and to piss off people. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I, I'm going to agree with Matt. I, I'm, I'm bold for him. Hard. And... I, this changed my brain. I think once they made it to the final four and I realized how close the storybook ending really was. I mean, just for the storyline alone, I need them to win this championship. Uh, and, and I would think differently if it was like, oh, there's some sweet underdog on the other side or I, my bracket was still alive. What's funny about my bracket went into the <laughs> weekend with 480 points leading, leading everybody. Uh made one team to the elite eight and I was capped out maximum 520 points lost everybody. Uh, so yeah, not <laughs> the, the best, best thing about that, about that side, but... side note, quick one of um one of my buddies, Adam Scott, who he's, he's a Corona alum, a couple years below me. Uh, his son Brody is apparently like in place to win the whole thing. And he's, I could text him right now. I think he's probably like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And you know, so not that we know anything, not that we're like experts, but you know, Adam has said before that he just basically picks off of, you know, like his favorite colors or whatever type of thing. So, you know, it would just be funny to see, uh, see someone, you know, like him win, win the whole bracket challenge. I had a little nephew, not Jared, another nephew. When he was a little kid, my wife would help him fill out his bracket, but she'd let him pick the teams. And he goes, I want Butler because of butt. That's all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, back to Michigan. I, I forgot to put this out there. I know I'm going backwards, but they did they did have a good opportunity to beat Villanova. I don't know if I've ever yeah. seen a Michigan team miss so many easy shots. I don't know why Dickinson doesn't slam the ball home. And on top of that, when you're in an intense game like that, where you're playing with the top quality athletes, you can't have a little weak pass or a weak grab at the ball. You know, they just seem to be a little, little off, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that, that's what it felt like. I, I they, they had it at five points. That right. I remember there was a point with like four minutes left. They got the ball back down five, and it felt like this is their chance. And I just remember it went like brick, 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 brick. And it was like, next thing you know, Villanova's back up nine or 11 points. And I was like, they just couldn't get over that hump. So they probably, probably mostly, they didn't deserve to win that game is what it comes down to. All right, we're talking final four. So uh, what's your picks, Matt? You liked, you liked, uh, Duke, I'm assuming, to win it all. Jared, do you have a pick now that we know the final four? I think it's going to be Duke versus Villanova. I mean, Jay Wright, he's been Michigan's the thorn on our side. It's almost like they're becoming our version of Duke uh, compared to Michigan State. Um, Jay Wright versus Coach K for all the marbles. I mean, what more can you want in uh, Coach K's potential fi- – or is his final game? That's what I'm rooting for, but I wouldn't be disappointed to see North Carolina beat Duke either. Uh, something about it. That's the only way that it's just kind of like the hilarious ending or the storybook ending. Give me one. Yeah. Of, don't give me a loss in the championship game. Give me the loss to North Carolina or win the entire thing. That's a good point because I'm going the other route. I'm, I think that Duke is going to get by Carolina and I'm going to go since I'm sitting here in California today, just no research whatsoever. I'm just going to say Kansas wins a very close one over Duke in the final. It's a good pick. It's on record. I mean, there you go. It, it is It is pretty crazy. I mean, you look at – we've talked about it before, that college basketball is so much about the coaches. I mean, all we're talking about basically is the coaches. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, Hubert Davis, I guess, is the up-and-comer. He looks like he's going to be a really good coach. But then you've got Coach K, Bill Self, Jay Wright, and it's just – Yeah. Like, geez, you, you need an elite coach in college basketball, basically, if you want to make a run. 
No question. Well, it's a lot of fun. I got one more, just one final comment on this. Uh, in your guys' book, is Coach K, I mean, th- does this championship matter at all to his legacy, really? Uh, does he? Do you think he's the best coach ever? Where does he stand on your list? I think he's the best college coach I've ever seen in my life. I would still probably put John Wooden over him just because the legendary aura around him. I, I, don't, I can't really speak to that, but – uh, I think Coach K is the best coach I've seen in my life, but I think Jay Wright is kind of the next guy if he stays in college uh, for a long time. So that, that's the way I look at it. I don't really think this will have a huge effect on his legacy, but I think it could just totally cement himself as the greatest coach ever and really undebatably um, if he wins this one. No, I think so. And obviously, like, Wooden has the the number of championships, kind of like Bill Russell in the NBA yeah. has, like, 27 NBA championships. <laughs> you're You're never going to compete with that. But the thing about it to me that I think it would be huge for his legacy, he hasn't won a national title since 2015, which doesn't co- – talking about Coach K, which doesn't seem like that long. But, you know, when you think about Duke, like it's like, man, you know, it's really been that long since they won a national title. I just think it would be like a cap. Like there would be like no debate type of thing. He's made 13 Final Fours. This would be another, you know, uh, national championship to add to all those Final Fours. And it's not bringing Izzo into this. But I think that's one thing – that you could actually make a little bit of a knock to Izzo. He's made, what, eight or nine Final Fours, but he's only got the one title. So, like, yes, the Final Fours are impressive, but only the one title out of it. This would make Coach K basically like 50-50. He's, he, 50% of the time that he goes to Final Four, he's winning the title. So I, I do think it would be a big deal for his legacy. Yeah, I think for sure if he wins it, it's a lock. You know, it would be hard to debate. But you look back to Wooden, and he did definitely – put a lot of big numbers up on the board, but it was a whole different area. You would think an old guy like me might lean that way, but it wasn't the same kind of recruiting pressure that they have nowadays. The TV, you know, every game's televised nowadays. You know, there's all the donors and the recruitment and everything that happens today compared to then. Back then, how hard was it to sell? Hey, you're coming to a championship program. We're in Los Angeles. We got the beaches. You know, we're on TV as much as everybody else, and we're winning national championships. And then he goes through, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton and the others. I mean, he was a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But I think win or lose, now that Coach K made it to the Final Four this season, it's hard to argue. I'd say he's the greatest greatest college basketball coach. Yep. There it is. There it is. Looks like looks like Jared's been out in California. You all tanned? No, for uh, for another reason. Oh, (laughs) could be, could be. Well, we done with college basketball or we want to move on? (laughs) We can move on. I just like like glitched out for the last 15 seconds. I came back. Guys are dying laughing. We'll share that clip. (laughs) I said, it looks like you've been out in California enjoying uh, some, some of that uh, California. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with my freaking, it's like irritated. I don't know. (laughs) I think it's I think it's because your video froze and you were like, yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I was... <laughs> All right. Well, we got some some important stuff to talk about in entertainment. We'll start out with something that's red hot in the news as we record this, and then we'll get into some good stuff with uh, some of our teens. But first, let's take a short little break and then uh, get into the, some of the entertainment stuff. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys. So, entertainment tonight. This is your segment. So, I, I just stole your thunder, Ted. Well, you're go you're for it. To finish that Budweiser. So, I That's figured right. I'd get it get it going for you. So, the Oscars, obviously. Well, I, I was going to ask. So, kind of a couple things. So, Oscars were last night, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a shame because Will Smith is one of my favorite actors of all time. Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of my favorite TV shows, sitcoms of all time. I love it. I've seen every episode a hundred times. One of my favorites. I love all of his movies. One of my favorite actors. I'm reading his book right now, um, Will, that he put out. It's fantastic. It's hard right now with with the little one and, you know, to find, like, 
multiple hours at a time to like knock out a book. So it's yeah. kind of taken me a little while to get through it, but it's fantastic. One of my favorite actors and like music. I love his music too. I'm just a huge, huge Will Smith fan. It's kind of a shame that um, he hasn't won an Oscar until this year because he's been in some fantastic movies and he's been up for some that were probably worthy of win winning. It was kind of known that he was going to win one for his role as, uh, you know, the, the Williams sisters dad in the, the movie that he did end up winning best actor for. But the storyline, obviously, I'm, I'm taking a while to get to it, is the take your time, heard, the slap heard around the world. And, you know, I, I actually I, I wasn't watching live. So that's what I was going to say. Like, Ted, you being out on West Coast time, it was easy for you to watch live. I, I bet if you were still in Michigan, you probably would have DVR'd it and caught up in the morning. And because I know I know your methods now of being out <laughs> on the West Coast, you know, you probably were watching live, I would assume. And so I wake up and I've got like 25 texts on my phone at like six in the morning because, you know, I'm waking up with the kid or whatever. I'm like, what the hell happened? And like four of my buddies sent me like the the link of Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. And at first I was like, ha, ha, it was probably some bit. So then I watch it. And my first reaction was, it does kind of seem like a little bit of a setup. Like, you know, I don't know. This seems a little staged. You know, they're both comedians and actors, you know, whatever. But then I go and watch his acceptance speech when he does get the Best Actor Award. And he was pretty, like, pretty heartfelt, pretty genuine. You could almost see, like, a little remorseful, but also still, like, standing up for himself. I don't know about you guys. Like, yes, and he even mentioned it in the media world. If you're a musician, if you're an actor, you know, whatever you are, even us, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves out there. You have to have thick skin because you're going to have people hate on you. You're going to have mm -hmm. people criticize you. You're going to have people take shots at your family or, you know, whatever. There is a line to be crossed. And his wife, you know, Jada Pinkett, she does have a medical condition. And that's why, you know, she basically right. doesn't have any hair. And I don't know what you guys think. If, if you think the joke that he made, G.I. Jane 2, one, I don't even think it was that funny, but all, but like I do think that was like crossing the line. Should Will Smith have went up and smacked the hell out of him? You know, maybe not. And he even admitted that. You know, so yeah. like it was so wild. It, but all that being said, it's kind of a shame that that is going to be that image of him smacking Chris Rock is what everyone's going to remember from <laughs> from the Oscars, the year that he won his first yeah. Oscar as Best Actor, and he even said it. He was like, you know, I hope the Academy invites me back and. You know stuff like that. So he he yeah. slapped the absolute shit out of him. I don't. Know. <laughs> to be honest, the most impressive part of that whole thing was how Chris Brown one didn't like Chris swear Rock, up Chris Rock beforehand, uh, yeah. and was just like just was slapped and almost like didn't even have a reaction. Like you, he clearly like had like whiplash, then he just snapped right back into it. And the only thing that would have made it better if he would have just been like flawless, like getting into the break. <laughs> I mean, he literally, like I said, had the shit slapped out of him. So he couldn't really function right. But no, that was awesome. Uh, what a moment. Is that the craziest thing you guys have ever seen on TV in your whole life? Well, I think it's one of them for sure. And to get back to what Matt was setting up being on the West Coast here, we were out to Stephanie's house. We got home. My sister Jenny flipped on the TV and Will Smith was doing his acceptance speech. Oh. And we didn't know what the heck was going on. And then I hopped on my phone, looked at Twitter, and people are saying, was that, did I just see that? Did, did Will Smith just slap Chris Rock? Was that real? And then now that I've seen all the behind-the-scenes uncut stuff, oh, my God. It's, it's one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen. You know, and you can look at it a lot different ways. Yeah, he definitely dissed his wife. And, and the backstory is this isn't the only time that that's happened. This happened in 2016, where I, he made some kind of flippant comment. He was hosting the Oscars, and he said something about Jada, Jada Pickett-Smith uh, and said, yeah, she's in the house. She'll never be here to and accept an award. Okay, something like that. It was a joke. I, I think that Bert will back then. And then all of a sudden, he sees him criticizing his wife's hair or lack of hair because of a medical condition. Well, he just lost it. But here's what's – is if you watch the clip, he was – he, it's annoying because, and this is what kind of ruins the whole Will Smith, like just being uh -huh. like a alpha about the whole situation, I guess, is because he was laughing at the joke. And yeah. clearly she said something to him about probably about laughing or something. I, mean, well, I think it digested. And I, yeah, I wonder, that's what I wonder if like, uh, I was actually talking to my wife about it, you know, before we started recording. I wonder if he like laughed and didn't even really hear what he said. You mm -hmm. know, you're at that thing. Everyone just feeds off the audience. Ha 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 ha. Joke. Right. I wonder if it then like registered with him. Oh, and then he looked over at her and she's obviously fuming. Right. And then he snapped and was like, oh, that's what he said. 
the, the funny, not funny, I guess, part is how he strolled up. Will Smith <laughs> is cool. Will Smith's the coolest guy out there. It's like a- strolls up, you know, he's like fixing his suit. Chris <laughs> Rock's just sitting there. He goes, whack. And then he he just turns around, fixes his suit, walks back to his seat. It was like, what just happened? It was like a matrix. And then he slap. screams like he- going off like the least amount of movement required for that slap. It was impressive. I, I just, I think that you guys think that that's a more, it has to be a crazier moment than the Kanye West, uh, Taylor Swift Oscars things. Uh, one thing I will say before you guys answer that, what a missed opportunity it would have been to have Ted watching that on tape delay the next morning. What the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture his reaction in the basement at 5 a.m. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have, to, I would have to wake my wife up to come down and watch it right then and there. But I think it. I think it's the all-time Oscar moment. You know, a bad moment, but yeah. it's one going to be, uh, mem- you know, the most memorable one of all time. You know, there was the one you brought up. There was Marlon. Marlon Brando won the award and uh, sent up uh, a female uh, American, uh, Native American, up there to make a little speech to about that. But this was something. Oh, there was a streaker one year too. David Niven had a classic line saying, well, he doesn't have much to show or something along those lines. But this was incredible. And back to what Jared said at the beginning, I still cannot believe Chris Rock took that swat and just stood there and put his hands back behind his back. And you're right. If he would have come up with a clever comeback immediately, it would have been an all-timer. But he still did good. But he did. Yeah. He did with his first first reaction with the Will Smiths just slapped the shit out of me. But yeah. Then, but I think he was sort of. I thought he was just. He just thought that was going to be it. And I think he would have been totally fine if Will Smith had never like been yelling at him. But I right. think that's what really rattled him was when he's like, "Man, he's like legitimately probably going to kill me after this show." Right? Yeah. Yeah. When he multiple times said, "Keep my wife's effing name out of your mouth," <laughs> right? I think Chris Rock probably was a little bit like. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing about it too is you know so in his like people are calling him corny or whatever they've called him corny his whole career but yeah because in his acceptance speech you know he talked about he wanted to be like a, a vessel for love and you know you know he a lot of other stuff like that and they're like yeah but you just smacked the hell out of chris rock like what are you talking about it is one thing that you know like if you know his like story and if you've watched any of like he does a lot of motivational speeches and stuff he does talk about that a lot and in his book he talked about a lot like he was he was raised you know a little rough not like terrible in west philly but you know about his his dad was very similar he calls him daddy-o and um his dad was very similar would not like would have done the same thing if if someone said something like that about will's mom his dad would have done the same thing. So it's kind of, you know, like, I think it is genuine. Like people are taking a shot at him for his acceptance speech and saying like, dude, this, you just assaulted Chris Rock. And now you're saying all this stuff, like you're trying to, you know, preach love and you want to be the river for love and all, all those things that he was saying. I think he, he stood up for his wife. I mean, like there's a line you cross, like if she didn't have a medical condition and it was just like maybe her choice to have that hair, Maybe it would have been a little different, but she's even talked about how like self-conscious she is about how she has to have her hair like that. And then, you know, stood up for his wife and, you know, some people, maybe that's not the route they would go, but well, it's also we... like people need to realize, like, it's kind of like the whole going back to the Juwan Howard thing. One, some funny stuff. I saw like people saying like, Will Smith was trying out for the movie about Juwan Howard with that <laughs> slap, but like it, it's kind of going back to the whole John Howard thing. Like people need to like, I, I don't know if it's a society thing. We could do a whole segment on this, Ted, if you wanted to, but um, like people need to know that their words and actions, like there's consequences to it. It's kind of like the whole thing with, with the Wisconsin coaches and stuff storming in and putting their hands on Michigan players. That's not okay. And Will Smith or sorry, John Howard reacted the way that he did. You know, he did apologize. Chris Rock, like, yes, there's jokes, but there are some jokes that cross the line. And so there's going to be consequences. You make a joke about Will Smith's weight, he's going to smack the hell out of you. And now you know it. So I, I just think, like, some of that's been lost. People think you can just make jokes and do whatever you want. And if you if you get punched or something that, like, you're the one that's, like, the victim. And it's like, no, man, you caused it. You know? I don't know. So you're, you're – I don't – so you're saying you're basically on Will Smith's side with this whole thing. Here's what I'll say – I think both of them are kind of winners in this situation, to be honest. It's not going to kill Will Smith's career. No. He's probably going to be in the next billion-dollar movie t- tomorrow, probably cast it for it tomorrow. And if anything, it gave Chris Rock's career a nice little boost a little when jolt. he probably needed it most, when he was maybe sliding down a little bit. So I think both of them, if you ask them, like, hey, do you want this to happen? I think both of them, be like, 
let's probably roll with it. I mean, in the long term, I think it was good for both of them. I mean, yeah. like I said, Will Smith maybe was a, probably would take it back, but right. when he looks back on this in five years, it's not all a bad thing, man. I, right. I really do think that it's an all-time moment. I think both guys, I could see both their point of views for why he was pissed and why Chris Rock would probably be like, dude, just freaking calm down. It wasn't that bad of a joke. Um, so, right. no, I can see both sides, but all in all, I think both are winners in the long run. Can you justify, though, this is how I want to put it out there, because this is the biggest topic, is whether Chris Rock said something towards his wife or not, which we know he did, is there any justification for physical contact on words? That's the big debate, isn't it? I mean, was there a better way for Will Smith to handle it? Of course. You do it backstage, or you walk up on stage and say, listen, dude, take it back right now or something. You don't just, you know. Slap a guy across the head. He, I mean, I, to right. be honest, I think Will Smith wishes he would have just slapped him and then not said another word. Yeah. Then, like he would have, it would have looked like so flawlessly, like almost choreographed, and he still would have had the opportunity to to slap him. I think that that would have been the ideal situation is just slap him. Um, Chris Rock makes a comment about he get, him getting the shit slapped out of him by Will Smith and then move on. It would have been all time. But, right. Uh, he was still clearly pretty upset for that. Yeah. Well, it's all like everyone has their own opinion on how to handle things. I mean, Ted, you grew up back in the day that that's how you handle things. Someone said somebody on the playground, you probably got into a fist fight. If someone mm-hmm. made fun of your girlfriend, you got in a fist fight. Nowadays, you know, you teach your kids and stuff. You like use your words and, you know, talk it out and stuff like that. Will Smith went back to his West Philly days. And, he did. So. Well, you know, we talked about it here today. And I know myself for, I mean, Chris Rock handled it awful well because if I'm getting slapped in front of millions of people on national television, once that slap knocks my head to the side and I come conscious again, I'm going after him. That's all there right. is to it. Immediately. I'm not standing well, there. Will Smith's a built, built dude, man. I, I, it wouldn't matter. I'd take, I take an Rock's ass kicking. <laughs> I'd take an ass kicking for that, Jared. There's no way I'm standing there and taking that. No right. way. Yeah. I, more just shocked and sort of like like you said it's kind of a uh fight or flee instinct right, right in that situation i think he just was like flee like let's yeah. not blow this way out of control that's well i don't know how you can do that in that situation it's like i said kudos to him that yeah. took yeah. That, that took some self-control uh, pretty wild though and that, that that it all boils down to too like you know i'm sure will smith's remorseful it does like i kind of set it all up it kind of stinks that it takes a little bit away from him winning best actor he finally and they got himself an Oscar, so yeah, that's what's cool. You guys, seen that movie? Is I've actually King Richard. Uh, it's basically him portraying Venus and Serena's uh, father growing up. I have yeah, not I seen it, but I, I I read some reviews on it that weren't that good. But maybe his acting job was good. I don't know. I just I, I thought didn't they just say that they're gonna they're debating taking away his Oscar because of his actions? I thought I just read that on Twitter. No. I saw, wow, I saw some stuff about that, but I think I think it would have to be much worse. You know, and it, I saw some people say, "You, I mean, you guys know for sure that sometimes people just get an Oscar because they haven't got one. Yeah. Like people have said, like, how did he win an Oscar for this and mm-hmm. not for like Pursuit of Happiness or Seven Pounds or Ali? You know, it, oh, it probably was just like his time. It was his turn to win one. So this is what he won one for. Yeah. You know, you know, it's actually going to be a huge movie when it drops. I already knew they announced it. Uh, I am legend, too, with yeah. uh, Michael B. Jordan. So <laughs> believe me, his career is not going anywhere. He's not he's not totally a crazy person. Uh, if anyone really got shafted in that whole situation, it was Chris Brown or uh, not, not Chris Brown, Chris Rock. I keep saying that it was Chris Rock. Because if you saw Will Smith afterward, Will Smith was like still partying it up. Spraying right. on people. So <laughs> he, 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 it went, it happened and he just kept living his life. Whereas Chris Rock's probably going to relive this for the next five years. Yeah. You don't think Speaking his comedian someone, buddies are going to make fun of him, do you? <laughs> I mean, if anything, an old new career like arc where he just uses this, that whole situation as like the root of his uh, next like 10 stand ups. That's what that, I would yeah. use him. I was going to say, make, make a joke about it. Sure. I'm getting into that. Will Smith smacked him at the Oscars. Like no one else can say that. You can make a joke about it. But yeah, pretty crazy. And I, and I know something uh, that that's also making huge news. Really all all over nationally, but definitely in uh, Jared's neck of the woods is Detroit Lions, the next uh, the next Hard Knocks team. I mean, when you guys saw this, we we talked about it that with Dan Campbell and the whole biting kneecaps and everything like that, that they probably were a good candidate to get mm-hmm. Hard Knocks. I know there was that rule, like they can't have a first-year head coach, so they they weren't going to get it last year. But when you guys saw this, I mean, you must have just like got all giddy and excited because I know you guys love hard knocks. Absolutely. And, but th- this is probably enough. I'm I'm going to watch it. You know, definitely 
for the Detroit Lions thing, but also because so I can actually chime in during the podcast. But so do we think it's going to be like, like, you know, it's the Lions, it's going to be corny, or do we think Dan Campbell's like the perfect dude to be on Hard Knocks? Perfect dude to be on Hard Knocks because it's either going to be hilarious, like where they're just like, this guy is totally incompetent, or we're going <laughs> to grow to love this guy even more. I mean, that's the best part about Hard Knocks is, I mean, what was it, 2017, like Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Like that 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 team has a special place in my heart just because of Hard Knocks. Uh, last year, Cowboys, Hard Knocks. It, it's going to be awesome to get to know a lot of these guys, what they're like behind the scenes, heading right into an NFL season. It's going to be awesome. I mean, you guys know me. I've said it for years on this pod that this is my number one goal for the Lions. More, Way more realistic than a Super Bowl. This is the next best thing. Hard knocks. Get, give me it. Ted, I know you already got the HBO Max subscription. Absolutely. Uh, let me get on your account. So I had to download <laughs> it as well uh, for the winning time show. It looks like it's just going to keep rolling over right through football season. And Matt, and, uh, Matt looks like you're going to have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, I started lo- really locking into Hard Knocks when uh, the Cleveland Browns were oh, the yeah. team and Baker Mayfield was the rookie, you know, and just watching that whole the whole training camp thing going into the regular season. I think they stopped it at the end of the exhibition season back then. Now they carry it on through the regular season, which is even a bonus, you know, but the Lions are a natural. I think Campbell's going to be a star. I think we're going to see if, uh, other things behind the scenes. I think it's going to propel this team into a good season this year right on the door and maybe even make it in the playoffs the hard knocks factor they could and that's what i was going to ask i could google this but i figured i would just stick to the experts and ask you so what does this start in the preseason or does it start in like summer camp or you know summer camp so he so what what uh ted was talking about was they do they cover two different teams now so if you notice this last year they did cowboys for the uh, training camp and preseason, and then they picked it up with like the Indianapolis Colts midway. Oh, through. right. So, right. so it'll be the Lions for the uh, for through training camp through the preseason. Uh, it'll lead us right into the season, and what a perfect lead in. Uh, I mean, what a day it really was for Detroit sports fans. I mean, I tweeted it. It's the best day I've ever had as a Detroit Lion fan. We get uh, hard knocks announced, and then moments later, the NFL draft is announced, which I guess probably a bigger deal to me or, or maybe even Ted if he decides to drive up and come to it. And I think 24. so. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I already saw they're planning on doing it at uh, Campus Marshes uh, and Hart Plaza, which is an awesome little spot right in downtown Detroit, right next to the Quicken Loans building. It's going to be sweet. Uh, but we were talking about this before the pod. Uh, weather could be an issue. I mean, we know what, what what it's like in April here in Michigan. So it's either going to be freezing cold or a beautiful like spring day. There's no in between. Yeah, hopefully it's that even like the week leading up, hopefully it's like that good stretch of like beautiful spring. So like Detroit's not looking all like dreary and nasty and melted snow, mud everywhere, you know. So like every all the scenics and all the videos, like people are like, this is disgusting. Why would we want to be in Detroit? (laughs) But it's definitely again, we've talked about it a number of times. Detroit deserves to have something like this because. You know, obviously there's the obvious reasons for the negative headlines, but some people that don't have don't live in Michigan, haven't been to Detroit, you know, whatever. That's all they know. Negative headlines. Oh, Detroit. It's terrible. Why would anyone want to go to Detroit? Downtown Detroit, like you just set up, Jared, where where they're going to have the draft and then the the area right around the, you know, all the, the arenas and the parks now. It's incredible. It's a it's a perfect place to have a, a, a thing like the NFL draft with the casinos, with the bars. Again, Ted, as long as everything's open, because you yeah. said like you've been down there and nothing's open. So as long in as everything's three years, open, hopefully it's it's open in three years. Yeah. Right. So hopefully for they can years. plan for it. But you know, it's a perfect place because it is a lot of stuff is walkable. You can walk to stuff, you can get good food, you can, you know, gamble now. Um, you know, there's hotels and stuff. I don't know. I I, I think it's awesome. I, I it's just fingers crossed that the weather's good, so it doesn't put a damper on it, is the only yeah. thing. Well, Campus Martius is right in the heart, right in the very center of downtown Detroit. So, that I mean, that's a great call by the NFL, putting it right there. And, you know, they're going to have Ford Field available. It's going to have all kinds of interactive things going on. You know, if the Tigers aren't in town, they'll have Comerica Park available. The whole atmosphere is just going to be phenomenal. I'm a little bit concerned about, though, it, you know, I've seen some of these crowds, like, what was, was it Nashville last year or a couple of years ago? Yep. Just, just a mass of humanity, and oh, just, yeah. just in my own mind, knowing campus marshes, are they going to be able to do that? Is it going to have the same feel? Do you think? It just doesn't seem like that big of an area. I, I well, hey, it, then it'll be slam packed with people, which will okay. Be, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it, it. 
I was wondering where they were going to do it at. I thought maybe it would be at Fox Theater, which would have mm-hmm. been cool as well. Um, but, no, it's it's perfect location. They picked the absolute perfect spot to host it. Uh, and there's a reason the NFL picked it. I mean, it was between Green Bay, Washington, D.C., and Detroit. They must have saw something in Detroit that made them say, hey, let's bring it here. Uh, and you got to know, too, that the Fords, um, you know, it would give them a little bit of credit. They have much. clout. They have clout. I'm sure that came into play. And they're going to put out, I mean, they already, the, the video that they put out to announce um, that the Lions, were, well, Detroit was getting the draft was pretty cool. They're going to go above and beyond to, to make sure that the NFL and fans and everyone doesn't like look at this and be like, man, why did, why would, why did Detroit get this? Because I feel like it was the same thing. I don't know, Jared, you probably, you were pretty young when the Super Bowl was there, um, when, when the Steelers played yeah, in the Super Bowl, right. you know, in Detroit. A lot of people were saying that, like, why would Detroit get a Super Bowl? And they put on – it was awesome. There, I, I'm sure, Ted, I'm, I bet you went down there and and took part in all the festivities and stuff, and it was really cool. It was just, you know, February in Detroit is pretty – or Michigan is just pretty gross. Like, that's part of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, so hopefully they do that. They, they take this on and they say, let's make this the best NFL draft ever. And the Fords, this is like the one thing they do right is – Give give the NFL draft everything in Detroit. It, it, it would be awesome. So many events that we could still attract. I mean, the Big Ten basketball tournament, uh, Big Ten championship game, uh, Final Four, bowl, um, yeah, you know, so many different things that we still are in the running for. And, and I think Detroit really is awesome. I mean, especially summertime. Uh, but I will say, like I said, the only way this is not a rousing success is the weather. And you, we all know how that goes. If you need to be outside in April or May. Chances are, whatever day that is, it's going to be a shitty day outside. So <laughs> let's just cross our fingers and hope that that's not the case. But, no, Detroit's going to be on fire that week. Uh, it's going to be the Tigers are going to be uh, just kicking off their season. The Pistons are maybe going to be making a playoff push at that time. Uh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Red oh, Wings, I, maybe. May, yeah, Red maybe. Wings as well. <laughs> we will see. Like, it I would will... be cool if they, if they did that. Sorry, Ted, to cut you no, off. But it fine. would be cool if they coordinated that. Actually, it might be like out of control, but I was going to say if they scheduled the Tigers to be home and, you know, maybe depending on the schedule, the Pistons to be home, it would be cool if they just made it like, hey, everyone come to Detroit and spend all your money in Detroit. Do we do we think with this big announcement, you know, that this I mean, I'm not being uh, facetious. If we look at this and you, you know, I'm a big karma guy. You know, you got hard knocks, and there's going to be millions and millions of people watching that, and you're, you're going to get players that are going to want to be involved in that. Maybe it'll be an enticement for a free agent or two. Uh, you know, the, the, the draft. I mean, good things could be happening to us finally, huh? You think? I mean, the Pistons are about to get – I mean, we talked about Bancaro and maybe Jabari Smith. Like, the Pistons are about to pair someone with Cade Cunningham. Steve Eiserman, in theory, is turning around the Red Wings – if this all is like good karma for the lions, you know, getting hard knocks, getting the draft, Dan Campbell, if they knock this draft out of the park, they could have something going. Um, the tigers, you know, I, I think they're right there. The tigers, you know, definitely this should be a year they contend. So yeah, maybe things are turning around. It's been what a good freaking 10 years or whatever, since yeah. we've actually had good fortune, the tigers, you know, when they were playing with Verlander and stuff, that was the last thing that we know. Otherwise, man, we don't have anything to cheer about. In Jared's lifetime, basically. No. So uh, I still haven't really won a championship in any major sport for any team I've ever rooted for. So I'm still. Yeah, because what? The 04 Pistons, you were like three years old or something. Yeah, I don't even consider that. No, don't even consider that. Like you said, that'd probably be that's the only one I've really been alive for, but I don't remember a single second of it. So I can't count it. Um, I can picture it now, though. Perfect, absolute perfect day uh, in Detroit. First real spring day of the year. The Lions have the number one pick. Uh, but I mean, it's not that far-fetched to say that they could have the number one pick. <laughs> are, are in the playoffs for the first time uh, in a long time, and the Pistons are in the playoffs for the first yeah. time. I mean, it, that's I would say that that's a very likely situation that both those teams are in playoffs. Uh, and the Tigers, the Tigers are starting off. The Tigers are defending their AL Central Cup yep. crown. <laughs> Perfect. Just, yeah. just, just start speaking it into existence. I mean, I already have a buddy that called called me and said, "Hey, he's taking the whole week off to come watch it." I mean. Ted, do you think that that's something you would come to? or? or... I think it would be, yeah. I mean, if Lord willing and I'm still able to walk around and move, yeah, heck yeah. That'd be a yeah. blast. In fact, I was thinking, let's take this three-point podcast on the road, starting with Hard Knocks. Let's let's line up something at training camp, just you know, a little play on the Hard Knocks thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if I, we're still doing this thing, Lord willing, uh, you know, a couple of years down the road, 
Heck yeah, we'll be down here for the NFL draft. I'm definitely cool. going. It'll it be fun. Be cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else, fellas? Uh, I don't have the anything else in entertainment. The best thing about the draft, too, and I've, I've had some friends. They, I had a few friends that were at the one in Nashville, um, and I've had a, a number of friends who have worked it because, you know, it's usually, well, the NFL Network covers it, too, but everyone watches the ESPN's coverage of the NFL sure. draft, obviously. But um, <laughs> the NFL draft, people have said, like, yeah, you have to be a little bit of a junkie, but it's just a cool event. Like, even if all you want, all you care about is your team's pick, like, you know, usually it's somewhere where, like, there's bars and there's just a ton of football fans and there's food and there's entertainment and there's, like, fan experience stuff, you know, where you can go do all this, those goofy games and stuff. So the draft really is something cool to go to as long as the weather is good. Like, that, that is a big part because if, mm-hmm. it's, if it's, like, sleet, ice, yeah. nasty, gross – then yeah, they would probably move it inside Ford Field, which would still be cool or you know something. But it could be a really cool weekend for Detroit. Two years well, I, away. Two years I got, away. I got two jerseys away. I got my since fifty-seven jersey, and I got my Barry Sanders number twenty jersey. So I'll make two days out of it. Well, hopefully, eventually that since fifty-seven is retired. I hope so. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's not gonna happen, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two. I love it, man. Those are the two like tried and true Lions jerseys, the Barry Sanders yeah. that I think everybody wears, and then yep. fifty-seven custom jersey that you custom. Made. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So it's all right, awesome. all right, guys. I think we made it through another podcast. A lot of fun. Uh, all our listeners out there, make sure you follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen into the program. And we want to thank our partners. They include Crow Real Estate and Auction, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Home, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, The Wash of Owasso, the ALS Association of Michigan, Z92.5 The Castle, and our brand new partners, Memorial Healthcare. We're going to be passing on messages on what's all happening up there throughout the next few weeks for sure. And we want to welcome them on board. So that'll do it. Until next time. So long, everybody. Bye for now. And I may be having some more entertainment stuff as I'm going to La La Land tomorrow morning. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.